Welcome to another Dereal USA podcast. This is going to be our last one of the um, of 2019 and our last one of the decade of 2010 to 2019. Um, I'm here with Sid, and we thought it would be interesting to kind of reminisce a little bit about um, 10 years of um, Dereal and 10 years of Dereal USA. Um, covering Virial and uh, talk about kind of some of our favorite players or um, best best players, most memorable players, whatever. <laughs> so welcome, Sid. It's good to have you again. Uh, thank you, Alan. I was going to say important for you to say of the 2010 to 2019 decade, because depending on who you ask, you'll get lots of people who tell you the decade doesn't end until next year. So maybe we could do another one then. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Especially since the since the seasons kind of work that way. You know. Yeah. Um, but I actually did. I, I looked back to see when January first, twenty ten, rolled around. And um, do you remember where Villarreal was in the league table at that time? I'm not not sure. I do. Well, it turns out it was very close to where we are now. <laughs> okay. We were about, I think we were, we were ninth or tenth and we were six points away from, um, the top, from sixth place, I guess, which is not much different than now. Um, I guess Valverde was still coach. We had just come off a 2-0 win over Rossing Santan there, apparently. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, you some go. some some opponents one would not recognize, and uh, vice versa, some current opponents no one would have heard of ten years ago. That's right. Yeah, ten years ago, um, we had we. I think the last I think uh, Rossi scored one of the goals in that game. I don't remember who got the other one. Um, but yeah, it, it was uh, uh, Santi Cazorla came on as a sub. I did find that out. So. He w- he was was there, and Bruno, who is still technically a member of the team, <laughs> as we speak, is um, was in that game as well, I guess. So, other than that, it's been a lot. Of, it's been an interesting decade of of change. Um, when that game rolled around, I think you and Maddie were running the site. I I came in that that summer because we needed somebody to cover the Europa League games. So. At that time. Nice. nice, yeah, and, and Valverde was sacked less than a month later. So. Right, right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and that, that, uh, ended up giving us Dorito, who was, uh, looked like a miracle worker for about a year or so. And, yeah, then things went on their way after that. So even though Virial has been, um, if you look at placings at you know, 10 years apart, they're roughly the same. It's been quite a ride in those intervening 10 years, hasn't it? Uh, certainly with, with relegation, uh, Parciato passing away, uh, just, just all of the stuff that happened in that two year period. Uh, and then, you know, I think the, the Marcelino era after the Pellegrini era, you would have to say was, was the second most successful era in the club's history. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think that's, I think that's right. And 
and the um, I think the at 2010-2011 that team certainly looked like if if that had if that team had stayed together and and things hadn't um, Rossi hadn't gotten injured all the uh, you know all the other things that happened I mean at that point we were looking like we might be that team that would be the counterweight to Madrid and Barcelona. Um, but didn't quite work out that way. And then we had the rise of uh, Atletico Madrid. So now we're trying to be fourth rather than third. Um, but yeah, it's been an interesting, it's been an interesting 10 years. Um, if you were to pick a team of the decade as far as Eight, as far as eleven players and a coach, when we were when I was doing this on on the site, it was interesting how you saw. Not surprisingly, I guess we had we had some problems coming up with. There weren't that many choices in the in the back line. There was an amazing abundance of midfield talent, and then up front, it depended on whether you went for longevity or or uh, whatnot. But again, a lot of choices. So I'm curious to know what who you were really impressed by or who you would put in your 11. Yeah. So I think, you know, maybe, maybe starting out of the back, um, or, or at the helm, I think, I think you then again have to say Marcelino. Um, yeah. And, and again, even forget talking about this decade. I think you could say, uh, of the time in the Primera and of course all the promotions to get there and all, you know, you, in the history of the club, you can certainly say there probably were managers more important for getting the club even to where it was, uh, in the Segunda and otherwise. Um, but just consistently having such a great tenure, uh, again, we shouldn't forget he came in. And we got waxed by Castilla the first game he came, uh, into charge. And, you know, we had to have an absolutely incredible run, uh, at the end of that Segunda season. Mm-hmm. And also have Jerez lose, uh, um, Jerez beat Girona, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the, yeah, the, that that absolutely yeah. improbable game, which I think, I, having gone to the Elche match, I saw that Jerez Girona game, um, the last day we were in Spain, and <laughs> it was remarkable. I want to say Jerez also went down to nine or something and still managed to win a game. They were basically relegated already by this point. Yeah, um, and and so that just. Many things had to go right. Um, and then again, the, the ability of the team to consistently, uh, qualify for Europe after that was, was something very impressive. Um, which, you know, in some ways we took for granted. Uh, and then last year was a stark reminder after coming up in five years of top six consecutive finishes. Uh, it's a little bit, a little bit harder than it looks. Um, yes, it is, and I think it's gotten, and I think it's gotten even harder with the. Um, there's still, there's still uh, obviously a big gap in in funding resources and, and budgets between the top two and the and the 
top three and, and the next group, but there's not as much, there's not as much difference anymore in that middle level as there used to be. And, um, you know, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot tougher, but regardless of, of budget, you still gotta, still gotta do the job. And I think, yeah, looking back at it, I, I think what was interesting was how well, when I think back of some, on some of the teams that some of the ways that Marcelino got results out of teams that were really, when you look on paper, didn't have as much talent or weren't as deep. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it was pretty impressive. I mean, we, we survived, uh, Joel Campbell playing for us for quite a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not really, you know, that nowadays wouldn't get a look in on, on our squad. Yep. And, and again, you know, we, we did have, have finishes where we finished say seventh and, or eighth even and stuck into the Europa League, but we never in our history had had more than three consecutive years of finishing in the top six. Uh, so five was, was quite remarkable. Um, right. But, but then, uh, in, in, in goal, I think, I think you'd have to go with us then, how, um, mm-hmm. for, for the longevity. And, you know, there were a couple of years there, again, when he got in his look with the national team, uh, not sure if that window has fully closed, but certainly it's, it's become a lot more difficult for him. Um, right. But there was a period for sure when you were saying, you know, could we have posed the top two, top, a threat, you know, behind the top two? I don't, know how realistic that was but certainly he was at one time the best goalie not playing for Real Madrid or Barcelona um before Oblak uh joined and um so he he I think wins both on the longevity and the consistency but then Mm -hmm. as you say you start to get in on on the back four and um I'd be I'd be curious to hear from you. Who who did you have on the on the wing backs? <laughs> on the wing sort backs. of one of those that Mario seems to win by default. Yeah, yeah. I went on the wing backs. I I went with Mario by as you say, pretty much by default. And I think um, and he's another player who gets it on longevity, but also again, kind of like a Sinho, he did have a couple of years there where he. Got a look in with the national team, um, not not much of one, but got but got one. You know, was um, I think Marcelino really made him an ex, you know, much better better defender. Um, I think on the left side, I I actually do this. This again, do you go with with Jaume Costa because of his um, longevity and success with the club? You know, I, I think you pretty much do because Captavila was pretty much done by, by the, you know, he, he was really the preceding decade. So I, so I went with the battler. I figured he was, he was our best choice there. Um, Don't so have to say, I think, you know, again, in that, um, anti top two, the fact that it must be remembered, Captavila was the only starter on mm-hmm. the 2010 World Cup winning team to not play for Madrid or Barcelona. Right. So right. that was, that was certainly an achievement. 
Right, which is quite a contrast to where we are 10 years later with this mm-hmm. national team. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, if you ask some people who follow it, then you're us and, and Marco reporters, they'll say that's part of the problem. And, yeah, and on, exactly. on some level, you, know, mm-hmm. you look at sort of how Bayern has always had five or six starters in the German team, that, that right. there is some advantage to that. Right. So, yeah, but I think you, I think you have to, I think the, I think the wingbacks are pretty, pretty much set. So then, so then. I'm going, I'm going with Captaville just because right. that moment, okay. you know, in some ways really was yeah. like, like the Champions League run, being able to say we had a starter on the team that won the World Cup is, is not, not a claim that every club can make for sure. Right. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think I, I, Went originally for him, and then um, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm okay with either either one there. Um, I think that Captavila um, certainly, yeah, it's hard to go against the World Cup winner, especially with a beer bucket on his head celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then the uh, so then what about your favorite position? We can never have too many of them. <laughs> well, <laughs> and 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 look where we are now. We basically uh, basically have two. Um, so I, I think Musaccio has to win out on on both the longevity and uh, and quality for a time. Though you look and he he appears to be sort of a, a fashion model more than he plays at AC Milan these days, yeah. um, which is remarkable also because that's that's not a very good team anymore. Um, right. But but and and uh, of course, interestingly, he'll always have the footnote that it seems to have been his flare up with Marcelino that broke the camel's back and. Uh, you go back and look and say, which one of those guys would I rather have? <laughs> right, and, uh, right. I don't know if you make make the same decision there. Um, but, you know, he was extremely good uh, for for a number of years for us. Um, yeah, he was. He was very, he was very good. Um, one of the things he was very good at was blocking shots. He was real, he was very good at, at sort of getting his body in front of, of people. And yeah, I think he would definitely be um, be be one of my choices as well. Um, I think I, I might I might go off the board. I might say Gabriel was my other, and that I had a had a soft spot certainly for Gabriel. Um, don't don't like the guy quite as much now, but uh, but he he I thought was was one of those sort of one of the last ones of these. I think it's just become so hard with and Cordon leaving, but just everyone scouts there now was one of those. We plucked him from if it was Hawaii or Bahia, not yes, not was, a particularly well a, known right yeah right. A Brazilian club, and all of a sudden here he is uh, <laughs> making making his way to Arsenal in the winter transfer window as like one of the the world's big moves. Um, right. Right. And, and I think, think he won himself a lot of admirers, uh, just, just for sort of, he was, he was definitely a grifter while he was here. Yeah, I went off the board too, but I went the other way. I went for Bailly. I went for, I went for Eric okay. Bailly because I, th- yep. I thought yep. the same kind of the same thing about him. And he, um, 
you know, again, went big contract with Manchester United. Um, we did very well out of, out of him. And of course, the whole story of us signing him from Espanol where they sort of were trying to more or less hide him and we, um, got in there and, and got him was, was interesting. But I think he was also a player who, when he was with us for that year and a half, I guess, I just felt he was, he was a very, of all of our center backs that I watched during the decade, he was the one that I felt very calm <laughs> when he, when he was back there. And yep. that, that yep. counted for something. <laughs> I went with him. Um, I've now, got to keep in mind, he was here all of one season. So, yeah. No. no, Gabriel was one and a half, not much more, but. Not much more, yeah. Yep. So that, that I suppose says something also about the uh, revolving door we've had. Though, in, you know, again, in some ways it's, it's because they've been so good so quickly that some of these guys have left. These guys have left. But yeah, I mean, otherwise you're looking at, um, <coughs> who, um, you know, played for us for a number of years, I guess really two years in the decade. Um, and, you know, he'd be, he'd be somebody who I think if, um, you were looking at his overall career, you could, you could put there. But during the decade, I don't, I don't know so much. Um, but yeah, other than that, we basically, until, um, it's hard not to put, um, you know, you look at Powell and Albiol and it's, it's the best pairing we've had in a while. Um, some people were, you know, were putting, um, Victor Ruiz in, as as one of the center backs um and it's true Marcelino made him a much better defender i think he i think he did pretty well for us for a substantial amount of time i just never felt that confident in him mhm mhm no, maybe seeing him getting sent off at anfield had something to do with that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but you know yeah. so you know honorable mention i guess but yeah I, I, yeah but I think you're right. It's, it's Masaccio, and then it's kind of whatever number of different ways you can go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and then we get to the midfield. Where <laughs> you, you, you say there are a lot of choices, but in, in some ways, you know, I'm, I'm also there were there are up peaks and valleys certainly for a number of players. Well, who do, you go, who do you go with for if we're playing our standard four-four-two that we was for most of a decade? Who, who are your four? So I think Cazorla is is an easy choice, um, but you'll have to say that much of the decade he wasn't here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so it was on the front end and on on the back end, um, right. but I think just because he's been such an important. Important figure in the club's history. Um, I think by the same token, I think you have to say Marco Senna, mm-hmm. um, <coughs> particularly for staying uh, and bringing right. the club back up. Right. The the Bruno question is a harder one, but uh, you'd have to you'd have to find somebody to replace him in the eleven, and I'm not sure you'll find that. Um, right. Again, in terms of consistency, longevity. So I, I think those three guys went out. 
The other one, I'm not as sure. Who who did who did you go with? I'm guessing you picked these three. Um, yeah, I went with I went with Trigueros actually. Huh. Uh, and I think that was I think that was because which I which I admit was a bit of a stretch. Um, I think that was my pick because he, um, when he wasn't affected by injury um, as he had been. You know, the last couple of years, I think, certainly the last year, uh, was, was a very good player for us. And I, and I really, um, really have always liked watching him. Um, I, it's really hard beyond that because there are a number of players who you could pick who, um, rather like, um, Marco Senna and Santi were really only here for a couple of years during the decade and um Borja Valero would be one um Connie was around but Connie was was sort of one of these fr- sort of frustrating you know nearly a star never quite there kind of kind of guys um I thought about Jonathan Dos Santos too I think he was mm-hmm. really far more important than um, a lot of us realized um, he really, really was a very complete player. worked worked hard um, to recover the ball and and uh, was good on offense as well. Uh, so you know, <laughs> I I thought about him. Um, but interesting, and, you mentioned hard worker because I could always think of uh, oh, yes. the the least honorable mention, if you will, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on we'll, the other we'll, side. Yes, we'll get we'll get. Uh, Yes. yes. Yeah. The 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 least logical uh, signing we we ever made in in signing Camus. Yes. Javier Camus. So, yes. The hard work. Um, Self described. Yes. I don't I don't know on that fourth. I might I might actually say I, I would make the formation a four three three because I'm I'm happier <laughs> with my various happy. options up front. Okay. Um, then, then I am. So I think I might just stick with those three. Okay. Now up front, as you as you said, you get you get to a you get to an interesting interesting debate. Yeah, um, you do. Um. So who who was who was your definite first choice up front? I went with. Okay, what I, alright, so I had put, I went with the 4-4-2, so I had put Sonny, Bruno, Senna, and Trigueros. Um, and then strikers, I had Bakambu and Rossi. Hard, hard to argue there. Um, gosh, so many, so many different choices in, in different, different settings and different ways. Yeah. I, I think, I think I have to pick Gerard Moreno as one of them. Um, yes, not just I, from I, this I, period. Three, I go with him in there too. Yep, yep. yep. But also, you know, good, good in the segunda. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to have to include him. Um, and then. And it's tough because somebody like Bakambu was was obviously important, really a fan favorite, but not here for that long in the in the grand scheme of things. Um, you know, if we are picking somebody on the sort of 
having been here for a while, I think I think one other player I have to go with is I have to go with Uche. Wow, I didn't even think about him, you know, and I don't think, yeah, I don't think a lot of people did, but that's true. He, he, um, he was our, was one of our cogs in the Segunda and yep. then had yep. three, now, not, not highly productive in terms of, you know, goals per match and definitely a, a lightning rod of, of criticism, but, uh, you know, he was there through the the good times and the bad, if you will. Um, yeah, he was. Um, and that's a good point. I just like to have 33 goals in 85 matches for us. So, no, creditable, not not yeah, not not uh, terrible. Um, but you know, he was he was uh, a big part of of the team, and and I would say he was a. He was a big squad guy. Seemed like seemed like everybody uh, in in the dressing room liked him. Um, and then I think I think I will have to give the last place to the all time goal scorer um, in in Rossi. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though even though again relatively short period with the club, and you know if we all look back on it and say. Maybe wish that, if, if I'm not mistaken, it was the 2010 transfer window when that reported offer came from Tottenham. Mm-hmm. So I think it would have been an even shorter period. Um, right. right. But I, I think it speaks to some of the stuff we're saying that, you know, he played with Uche and he played with Nilmar. And he, so somewhat, somewhat of a revolving door with him. Uh, and he, he was the thing that stayed consistent. And I think if we don't go down, I don't know that he goes anywhere. Right. right. Um, because if he, if he, if, if they didn't settle on the Tottenham offer, whether it was him, the club or otherwise, um, you know, and the fact that he, came here again at the end of the decade that sounds like that's not going to work out uh yeah. that that puts some nice nice closure on it as well yeah yeah it was interesting um looking at looking at what other people said too i mean um nobody else picked uche um and i to be honest didn't think of him either but i but i probably should have i think but i think a lot of us went for the, the um, discussions about about the players up front really had to do with the fact that we had such a revolving door, and it also had to do with um, sort of how you. If some people were trying to put together a team of, that really, like, if you had Bakambu and it were Bakambu and Soldado were really, you know, really a, a thing and stuff like that. So, um, and you know, Vieto was was sort of a one year wonder for us, but we sold okay. it for uh-huh. good. Um, some people put him in. Um, it's it's a tough choice. I I kind of agree with you as I think about it that um, Gerard um, was you know an important player for us in the 2012 um, season in the Segunda and and later and um, now we're uh-huh. seeing him do again. So I kind of and I've always always liked him. I think it's it's um, 
sometimes it's it's hard when you're when you're faced with these you kind of go with players whom you just have actually liked a lot and I think that's why I chose Trigueros because I've just always liked watching him play um so I you know I I think um doing the same for Gerard certainly makes sense but it's um it's interesting too it's like Rodri was another um midfielder that and Suarez mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so well you know for one year he was really great and was like you know but it's but it's true we just don't have the we we're not a team where where most players stay five six years so yeah right and and on <laughs> on some level as you say it becomes a little bit of a longevity award uh, at some point yeah uh, more than it does the strictly performance based because i think we feel a loyalty to those folks that we know are good enough to play elsewhere um but but don't don't leave yeah i think if i had to go with a fourth in the midfield i suppose it it probably would be rodri but you'd have a very imbalanced setup then, uh, sure. with and Bruno. Um, but I think the one that was interesting and why I kept <laughs> thinking about the midfield question after the first three is none of those, none of your, you know, Antonio Valencia, Jeff Montero, uh, somebody more recent like Leo Suarez, Samu, none of the like winger with the pace. Going out, and and it's it's notable that none of those guys, again, some of them, um, you know, like Jeff left in part because of the the relegation, but none of them have been able to put together two, three, four seasons for us consistently, right? And it still seems like we are sort of hanging our hat on, you know, somebody like Ontiveros was brought in, doesn't seem to be able to crack into 11. Um, mm-hmm. So that that's something that, you know, particularly in this setup, it really would <laughs> make a manager's life a lot easier to know they sort of can rely on a consistent two-way winger who can, who can add some dynamism to the attack. And that seems to be sort of something we've lacked um, where in, say, a year that we... we you know, the subcampeonato or, or making it as far as we did in the Champions League. Part of it, you know, Champions League, of course, was just driven by having such a dynamo in the central midfield. Um, mm. but I think, you know, the second place finish in La Liga was driven by Rossi and Nilmar being able to attack defenders with pace from up front in a way that you know, that's not a natural strength of somebody like Gerard or certainly somebody like Baca. Right. And when you don't have that consistently coming out of the midfield, it does just make it a challenge um, in this day and age where, you know, defenses are so much better organized um, right. Right. To, to break teams down. So, you know, in terms of looking at the sort of, long-term Villarreal model seems we've been pretty successful developing goalkeepers uh even say decently successful with center backs holding midfielders um but not in that sort of explosive kind of talent and of course those are the guys that you hit on one of those and that's a 50 60 million dollar sale 
Right, right. Um, which funds your Cantera for five years, hitting on one of those players. You know, right. Getting somebody like a Rodri and being able to sell them for what we did is just, you know, one in, one in a million. Mm-hmm. You're more like one in a thousand with one of those wing players. Um, yeah. You know, and Gabriel and Bailly and some of the other big sales we've talked about, those were guys that, you know, we brought in and had a manager who knew how to develop them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that wasn't so much of sort of molding that talent. Now, of course, Powell could be somebody like that um, right. In, in right. a couple of years. But again, that would that would be the first case of having a center back who would, you know, be homegrown and have a sale like that. So. Right. Something, right. something to think about in the economic model as well is that sort of explosive talent is is not just successful on the pitch, but but off the pitch as well. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think you know that's that's certainly a reason for a lot of the excitement around around uh, Samaj Wazi is that he's sure. you know that's that's exactly right. But you're right, you're right in general. We have not been terribly successful at developing wingers and developing developing players we've always had more of a model of the guy sort of pinching in toward the interior and and um not really being true wingers so yeah it's it and again we've had players who i think you know samu castillejo when he his first year here wasn't terribly successful his second year certainly was and then we sold him mm-hmm. one um Jerry, uh, um, you know, was a, was very good under Marcelino's counterattacking scheme. Um, you know, we've, but we, it's it's really interesting when you look at when you look at a lot of those players and you look at them and sort of like, yeah, they're they're very good, but you but you didn't hit on a great one. Where um, it, we've been much more successful in developing defensive midfielders and and goalkeepers, certainly. Mm-hmm. You look back at well. And and when you mention those two names, the first thing you think of is, oh man, you know, you feel like Castillejo could have been even so much better than he was. You feel like he didn't show everything he could have, right? Um, and that's an indicator, I suppose, of of how successful their tenure was. It's, yeah, you just you you think there could have been more there. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and and then the, the we have players like. Um, Roberto Soriano, who, you know, the first year he was here was, was terrific. And then the second year he was, you could believe it was the same player. I don't, you know, mm-hmm. just, yeah. So, um, you mentioned, um, Camunas, uh, in terms of our low lights of the decade. I guess he would certainly have to be, um, he would have to be one. And I guess Ruben Semedo would be the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's mm-hmm. possible for, uh, for a team, I mean, the Semedo signing really, I don't think people realize how bad that was because of where, how much money we used for him that turned out we got nothing out of it. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, and at a position where we were gambling on that, you know, finding the young center back that you can develop and man, that was just a terrible signing. Um, the other, the other one, <coughs> I think the jury is still out, but um, what's going? To, what do you think about Enes Unal? Because it's, I mean, we we paid a lot of money for him, mm-hmm. and he's, you know, on loan at Valladolid again. And I'm just, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, 
apart from five minutes of wonderful play against Atletico Madrid that time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we haven't seen much out of him. So. Well, and and for the, as, as nice of a guy he is, unfortunately, you can't start with bad signings without talking about De Guzman. Um, for, right. for so many different reasons. Yeah. Um, so that, I think that one has to stand out as, as number one on that list. Um, mm. there have definitely been some other curious ones. Yeah, I think Camunas was not an expensive mistake. It was just one of those that I think, and again, same, same season that it occurred, was yeah. just wondering why we would spend the money when we'd have something homegrown that we, you know, we weren't yeah. using. Yeah. And I think that in some ways was a good reflection of when, when the books had to be squared around. I think we started thinking a lot more. You got to make sure you're spending money on things you don't have from within. Um, right. I think, I think the, I think the idea of buying somebody who, you know, if you had a wins over replacement, um, statistic in, mm-hmm. in football, you know, his would have been zero. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, you know, as you say, he wasn't any better than what you had, and he wasn't, and he didn't add any different dimension that you didn't already have for a lot cheaper. So it was. Yeah. Well, and and I think even the Moy Gomez re-signing is an indication of us having learned a little bit. And mm-hmm. you know, I know people were skeptical. I I always liked the guy. Again, I've always great, liked the- great guy. So yeah. so I'm a little bit biased there. Um, but I think that was sort of saying, okay, we don't need to go sort of just hunt on the market for, okay, we need a winger under five million. Who are we going to find? Go with somebody who at least we know. Right. Um, and I think the reports we got from Wesco were a lot better maybe than the statistics, um, showed. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he certainly, he certainly proved that. But yeah, yeah. yeah well, I think I think I think you're right. Um that that Semedo, you know, one of the other costs of this of course is always you sign somebody, which means you necessarily didn't spend the money or sign somebody else. So it's mm-hmm. not just that we wasted money there and didn't get anything, but we continued to have the same problem that he was trying to solve for. Right, um, exactly. Exactly. And and that yeah. That played itself out. Yeah, I, I just find myself wondering if Unal is going to end up being a, being um, this decade's Jose Altador. I, you know, well, but but you know that I mean, he still still physically has talents that you'd look at and you say he could be really valuable. I yeah. think I think the question is, in the current setup, do you see that working? And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know that answer. But, you know, there was a time, for example, that we had a thought of sort of playing a, a less mobile striker, um, off of a more mobile one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the vein of sort of Rossi and anybody else who was there and, you know, somebody like Uche, uh, or, right. or Neilmar, we, we hoped would sort of use size more more effectively maybe than he ever did um but uche certainly you know stuck stuck his foot in there mm-hmm. uh soldado is another pairing of, of yeah. a similar kind of thing yeah um and so you could see him succeeding with 
you know, a, a quicker player and maybe not a conventional striker in the way that we're thinking of him. But, you know, mm-hmm. somebody like an Antiveros playing yeah. off of an Unal. Playing off of an Unal. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. could be. It just feels to me a little bit like, um, the re, like the reemergence and the availability of Gerard and, and his reemergence. Maybe that's, you know, maybe that's sort of, because I, I really love Gerard. I, I think he, you know, his mobility and his, his what, it's not just scoring goals and assisting, it's just all the movement that he makes that makes the defense react to him. Um, I don't know. I just wonder if, if looking, looking over, not the next decade, but the next few years, that's going to be something that will, what we'll see up front, um, you know, who knows? I'm, I, uh, I don't know. I'm, I mean, Unal could certainly come back after this year. Um, we'll see what, we'll see what transpires. Mm-hmm. But, but again, I think one of the things that this year's team is showing is we have plan A and plan A. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you remember, uh, Unal won that, that game against Atletico coming on as substitute. Yes. And that's one of those kinds of things. We, you know, we have Baca. Baca is put the ball for him on a tee and, or, you know, he'll go crash and bang into some people and he'll finish. But he's mm-hmm. not a guy you're going to go and say, okay, we brought him on. We now can sort of change our play and go through him. Right. Bring on it's, Unal and that is a different dimension different. to the attack. Now again, I think the thought process was he's still so young. Mm-hmm. Having him sort of sit there and wait for that moment, do you want him to get more minutes? But at some point, if you commit to saying, okay, if it's not working with Route One, we're going to try something else, and this is the guy that we're going to sort of try and play through. Right. Uh, I think I think he could be he could be useful in that role. Um, right. Yeah, you know, I think. You have somebody like a, like a Thomason who we had, obviously a lot more veteran and so used to that, but mm-hmm. sort of he had a role, knew what he was doing and did it very well, um, right. and was a different kind of player than the other players we had. Right. And I think that's, that's true that at the moment our, our plan, our plan A prime, if you will, is bringing on Ontiveros. Right. And, um, and then the attack goes through him. <laughs> um, but we don't, yeah, you're right. I think, and I think that's been an interesting decision for, to see. And I haven't seen Unal, um, play that much with Valladolid and I don't know Valladolid's team well enough to be able to translate it into how he would do, you know, with us. But, yeah, it would be interesting to see if that's going to be the a big decision next year. Um, be bringing him back, and um, and uh, you know, seeing what we do there. Um, uh, Toko Ikambi is um, another one of those players who I'm kind of the jury's still out. He's got flashes that are really good. He's he he scores some really great goals and he manages to mess up some really good chances too. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's kind of, he's kind of like that. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting dynamic. And of course, 
the jury is still out on Calleja and his ability to get the most out of his squad, too. So, you know, so I, I don't think he's going to suffer the same fate of Valverde as being dismissed a month into the next decade. But, um, but you know, a one Manuel ago. Pellegrini is available in case yeah. you just needed to reset the clock. So, right. Pellegrini is available and, uh, and, uh, Marcelino is available though. I, I, not, not for this season. Not for this season. Yeah. No. I don't, I don't know. I don't see Marcelino. I, I don't see Marcelino coming back to Virial or Virial being, um, willing to make up whatever happened with him. And I don't think Pellegrini, I mean, coming back to other clubs doesn't, as a coach, doesn't usually, work out that well unless he really loves the area or something mm-hmm. well Monaco did the same thing we did and they've already fired they've, they've already, the second yeah. time so. yeah so yeah. yeah so I mean I think it's I, yeah it's it's interesting but it's been a fun decade and, and we look forward to another one and we'll see you know if it's got some it would be nice to get to a final of, of the Europa League at least Mm-hmm. Or or a final, any final, Copa yeah. del Rey or or anything. So I yeah. definitely think that's that's on the three to three to five year goal. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but hopefully, again, I think qualifying for Europe, you know that that I think has changed, and I think that does become more important to the club um, right. going forward. Obviously, Senor Roy just also getting getting older, handing off the reins of things, but I think as well, you know, maybe is saying I, I'm not <laughs> if if the club is not consistently getting getting into Europe and and being able to sort of generate some additional revenue, I'm not sure I'm wanting to go out of pocket and continue to funding a team to be mm-hmm. a top six club in terms of salary. Mm-hmm. When they're finishing in the 10 to 12 range. Yeah. Um, so I think the one year of not qualifying for Europe was sort of a wake up call. I think a second year of not doing so may mean more infrastructure changes, mm-hmm. um, reduction mm-hmm. in salary kind of thing that, uh, Hopefully the club's on-field performance improves, which the last few games of 2019 indicated. Um, mm-hmm. And being able to qualify for Europe, um, you know, one not only makes the club more attractive on the buy side, but gives us more leverage on the sell side with right. someone like Asamu versus if you again finish outside of Europe, and folks come calling, it it becomes a little bit harder to say he's not available and we're going to hold out for King's ransom. Um, right. Because he starts looking at his options and says, I don't know when I'm going to play in a European match again. It's been two years now. Um, mm-hmm. So, so I think, I think the finish of this year will be important in the longer term. And as you say, it's gotten more crowded in that sort of, four to eight space. Um, right. Now, now that the top three is pretty well spoken for, you know, you're going to have to beat out a couple of pretty good teams, whether mm-hmm. it's Valencia or athletic or 
L'Areal this year has been been very impressive. Um, and of course, that's our first match uh, coming out of the break. Right, right. Yeah, I think it's I think it is it's it's an interesting um, question. How you know I think how we do the rest of the season, as you say, is going to have a lot of ramifications for the future. I think one thing that the team talked about this last summer but didn't do, you know, they still haven't hired a director of football or a whatever you want to call that position. Um, that you know, we we've never really replaced Cordon. And, uh, and I, and there was, sounded like that we were going to do that this summer, but then nothing came of it. So, you know, I think that. And he's had an interesting road since he's left as well. So. Yes, he has. So, yeah, it's, it's, there are a lot of, um, a lot of things to look forward to. And, you know, we didn't do this 10 years ago, but I imagine if we had, we'd be saying, we, we would have been just as bemused. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Well, I'll let you go. I know it's getting late on the East Coast, but it's been great talking with you, and uh, and we'll have to do it again before very long. Yes, indeed. All right. And the so, And the Villarreal. <laughs>